Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. My guest is Ron Roberts, hero in my book, Ron Roberts, my (laughs) hero, and I am so honored that you would even take the time today to do this with all the full day that you have. But it's going to be fun, so just be you. Okay. Okay. It's my honor. Yeah, my honor. You're amazing. I really respect you. I love you like a daddy. Well, thank you. I could be your daddy. You could. (laughs) Well, yeah, you could be my daddy. Okay, so as fast as you can, would you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert? Well, unfortunately, I'm an extrovert. Okay, i got to go back to that, unfortunately. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Dog. American. (laughs) There you go. Dog, cat, either, neither. Dog. Are you a morning bird or night owl? You know, I'm a little of both. Okay. Books or movies? Oh, books by far. Okay. However, I watch a lot of movies, but I prefer books. Uh, Silence or music? You know, I really prefer silence. Okay. Would you consider yourself leaned in or laid back? No, I'm pretty aggressive. So that'd be leaned in. Leaned in, I think. Okay. Shower or bath? Shower. <laughs> Would you say that you... I'm too uh, old to get out of the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? When's your next birthday? I was 79 uh, in uh, this month. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. That's awesome. 79 is a good year. Okay, so driver or passenger? Driver by far. Okay. And I added this one in season four of The Real Deal. Eat at home or dine out? Both. Okay. Okay. So this podcast is called The Real Deal, Mm -hmm. and it was my dad, uh, it was his mark on my life because he would always tell us to be the RD. His name Mm -hmm. was Richard Dean, and so he would tell us just be the RD, be the real deal, be who you are, and I think it really affected me, Ron. I don't feel like, I'm not saying that I haven't ever saw something in somebody that I wish I had or admired something, but I really liked being Rachel, and I didn't want to be my sister Barb or Sharon or Joyce, even though I was the fourth girl. And it affected me. Just be the real deal. Be who you are. And in the art world that he was part of, he would tell us a painting should look like a painting. Wood Mm -hmm. should look wooden. You know, leather should be leather. Shouldn't be plastic. You know, just be the real, genuine McCoy, he would say. The authentic article. So that's how I, why I called it the real deal. And I really have only interviewed people that I consider the real deal. Because sometimes I'm not certain with someone. Yeah. If they know who they are or if they're still wondering or whatever. So I'm interviewing you for the real deal because you are the real deal. But my question for you is, who in your life would you consider or who popped into your head that's the real deal? You may have more than one, but they are who they are, and you just know God made them. And um, how has that affected you? Well, I've lived with the real deal for 57 years. <laughs> I was I was thinking if Sally doesn't come up, something's up. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's definitely the real deal and uh, unique in every yep. respect. yep. So and she's that, not trying to be anybody but Sally. No, and she doesn't care if anybody thinks she should be something different. So it's just. Have you tried? Oh yeah, <laughs> we've probably done some modification, behavior modification over the years, and some of it is taken, and some of it's been kind of thrown back in my face. But uh, yeah. no, she's the real deal, and had tremendous influence on me. Yeah, yeah. So we're working on fifty-eight this year. Wonderful. So if she renews my contract. So. <laughs> That's good. So that's affected you in the fact that you then are just more of you yourself. You're more Ron when you're with yeah. Sally. 
yeah, that's. I think so. I, you know, she's um, um, she's very transparent. Yep. Uh, she thinks pretty much out loud. Yep. Rather than in, than <laughs> internally. Right. And so that took me a while to adjust to that, but but she because I tend to think internally and then speak. She yep. speaks and thinks as she speaks. Right. So that's a different kind of person. Right. Right. No. The verbal processors that we are. Yeah. She's one of them. Yeah, she's a verbal processor. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And, and she has teller. strong feelings about things. <laughs> strong feelings about things. I mean, everything from close the closet door to, you know, to <laughs> put a towel behind your head and don't get the furniture greasy. I mean, just... <laughs> just that's a good one. I've never heard it, but that's a good one. I can so see Sally saying that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just the beginning. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Well, you renewed her contract, too, really. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's good. You guys oh. are really, really good mentors for us for marriage. And nobody's marriages are perfect, but when you love each other, it's a big deal. She she said uh, <laughs> one time, she says, I want you to uh, quit doing something you're doing. You're doing something that annoys me. And I said, and what would that be? She said, well, you're leaving your socks beside the bed, and I have to pick them up every morning. And I said, okay, I can I can fix that. And so she said, well, thank you very much, and started to walk off. I said, wait a minute, now that we're exchanging things <laughs> that annoy I, us about each other. Can I offer uh, one? Can I offer one? Yeah. She says, she says my, I said, your car is always a pigsty. I mean, I said, it's just absolutely a mess all the time. And uh, And she said, oh, okay. She said, I hadn't really thought about that. So... One night about 11 o'clock, I couldn't find her. I didn't know where she was. And I went through the house looking for her, and I went out toward the garage, and I heard this... <laughs> she's shop back. back. She had her shop back out, and she's vacuuming out her car. So, yeah. she, so she listened. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's actually very fair when I think about it. If one person gets to offer something, the other person should... Well, she came in one day, and I had had some time off, and so I cleaned the kitchen. I mean, I I GI'd the kitchen. Yeah. It was shining. <laughs> I polished everything. And she came in. And I said, I cleaned your kitchen. And she said, hey, big boy, that's our kitchen. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. Fine. And so uh, we had the first major snowfall in uh, Minnesota that year. And I said, uh, come on, get your coat. And she said, why? And I said, we're going to go shovel our driveway. <laughs> Funny, I don't think I want Michael to hear this podcast. The funny, the funny, the funny thing is... <laughs> Food for fodder. The funny thing is she learned to like to shovel the driveway, and so she basically mm-hmm. took over the driveway, which really was okay with me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. There are women in our neighborhood that mow the lawn, and she, I don't want Michael to see them mowing the lawn because she mows the I lawn. don't want that. But some women love But you know it. why. Here's why. She likes things done in rows. I pretty well plow in circles and <laughs> and <laughs> wiggly lines, you know, and she wants it done in rows, so she likes to mow the grass. Right, because it's going to look gonna, the way she wants look, it. It's going to look the way right. she wants well, it. Well, she so. knows the outcome. Oh, that's too good. Okay, all right, let me ask you if you want to share something about, well, you've lived a long life. What would you like to tell me about your growing up years or something that you think makes you be part of who you are, makes oh, you tick the way sure. you do? Uh, my father left the family when I was three. Okay. And so I uh, 
I grew up with a mother, a mm -hmm. single mother who worked very hard to support both of us. In fact, yeah. you know, she just did all kinds of things, including getting up at the crack of dawn and, wow. and, and making pies. And I guess, you know, watching her do that all those years made me realize how much we are responsible for not just sitting around, but we need to be people who get up and work and do things. And so I, uh, I, I learned, I learned a lot of that from, uh, from her yeah. on, in that regard. Yeah. And then the other thing she did, she taught me, she taught me to study the word, study the scripture mm. and had me memorizing scripture when I was a little boy mm. and taught me to go to church. And so, and, and the importance of that. And yeah. so, uh, we, even though we didn't have a car, we walked to church and we went all the time yeah. when the doors were open. So I guess those kinds of lessons were some of the, the major lessons. And she was very patient with me. Mm. And I think that one of the thing, one of the reasons was I was born late in her life and she had matured a lot. Mm. My sister tells a different story. She right. was born 20 years earlier. Wow. And she tells a little different story about how she was parented. But I was parented by a very, very patient, mm. very patient mother. Mm. So... I learned a lot from her in that regard. Wow, so good. So just y your sister than you? Yeah, 21 years difference. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was a, I was a big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big surprise. Well, we have a surprise. Yeah, look at this. Sally came into hey. the room. How about you sit here? Seriously, because that way you'll be close to the microphone. And can I ask you guys some dual questions that way? Sure. I think it'll work out. So you sit here. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. We already have some good things coming from the two of you. Just be a rod. Well, well she, she needs, you need to tell her that this is not a time to reveal all secrets. <laughs> no, this isn't a, this isn't a no, time for no pot shots or anything like that. No. So Sally Roberts is with us, too, and I am so, so, so glad. I was telling Ron that I, um, I was really glad that he would give some time today because I really respect him. And I asked him who the real deal was in his life. And just an authentic person who was being who they really are made to be, not faking anything. And he said, you. Yeah. Oh. He said, you. And he said, I that, coached him well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she told you that that's what I'd ask you ahead of time. No. And um, honestly, you guys, apart from my parents and other people like Stuart and Jill Briscoe, or people that have been forerunners in my life who have gone before me, this isn't just because the microphone's on. You guys have been an amazing, amazing mentors for me. And when I read, when we're, uh, we're exhorted to imitate those who go before us. Mm -hmm. and, and what did they model in your life that you're supposed to grab onto and run with? And you two are part of that for me. So mm -hmm. I want to personally thank okay. you. I well, respect you. and love you both very, very much. Thanks, Rachel. And these guys are the real deal. They don't hide their warts or bumps, but they are people that have taught me to live in the reality of who God is and his spirit and let him guide you and move you because man doesn't always like it, but mm -hmm. both of you move forward in that and I really, really appreciate it. You've pioneered things for me that I didn't have to didn't have to do my own row. My mom and dad too. You know, they both did that for me. So I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so what I would want to have you share now that you're both together is if you're in this in this marriage as long and as far as you've gotten that's rare in our society, and I think it brings glory to God. But what would you say has been either a storm in your life that could have shipwrecked you or brought you together? Well, let Sally talk first on this, and then, okay. I'll, then I'll grade her paper. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, something that could have been something that knocked you over 
in marriage, but maybe brought you closer together. I don't know, but since I have you both. Well, I guess I can think of a litany of things from time to time. Uh, because our life has been so mobile, uh, there have been a lot of uh, moves that have come along, not by choice, but by his his career, yep. what he did, uh, that I had to leave things I loved and uh, go with him to wherever wherever the military and which, God which, <laughs> chose which, to Which us. is, in fact, 15 cities, yep. 23 homes, 20 churches. Wow. So give us the quick background, background, because you started? I started in the air. So started in, we met in the university uh, in okay. Abilene, Texas, and then we moved. I went in the Air Force, yep. and then for 24 years we moved numerous places in the Air Force. Okay. And I have said several times when we married, in the inside of his wedding ring, I had engraved the words from Ruth, Whither Thou Goest. And I've often said, if I had only known how many goings and going, yep. <laughs> how many we were going to take, I might have erased that from the ring. She's been but... trying to sand it out ever since. <laughs> I <think. laughs> yeah, I remember that with Michael too. Uh, there was a sense of we sang, um, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And we Sorry. sang it to each other, right? And then it says, whither thou goest, I will go straight from Ruth. Whatever, wherever thou lodgest, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. And I said to Michael, we should have sung something different because we're constantly living out. We don't yeah. know what tomorrow holds, but we but know who know holds that. tomorrow. Yeah. Well, so that met, was that we, part. Well, well, let me just quickly say yeah. that uh, when we first got engaged, we said we're going to be servants in the local church. In fact, we did that the day I proposed to her on the foundation of our church. And uh, from that time on, uh, when I went to the Air Force, she said, well, you know, we could let the Air Force do our mission, pay for our mission work. So we went to a lot of these small churches around the world, yep. uh, internationally and nationally, and we served in those churches even as very young people in the military. But then after, uh, after I resigned my commission in, uh, in the 80s, 88, I uh, came to Minnesota and uh, went to work in industry and worked for two Fortune 500 companies in industry, and the last one being Northwest Airlines. Mm -hmm. And so then after that, I was in Northwest Airlines when I felt a divine call to ministry. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was it was a long story. We don't take time to tell it now, but the Lord really spoke to me. Yep. And so for 26 years, we've been in full-time ministry, and we thought we were through moving, but the Lord moves us in ministry too. So, right. So we've moved several times since then. So, right. Right. So, uh, anyway, that that's that's a summary. Three careers, all over the country and the world, and 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 we're still going. You're and you're still going, and I believe God is just going to continue to never retire you, but refire you. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? He is. You know, with our, yeah. with our next assignment to Spain, uh, right. we're going to Spain sometime this year, I think. Yeah. And uh, we don't know how long we'll be there, but we'll be working at a little church in Spain. And so, yeah. once again, whither thou goest, she's got to go yep. with me. She's so. going. I'm <laughs> she's there. Going. You don't get too attached to a place, but you make an impact with the people. So that's a good thing. And I do think that the Lord has taught us, uh, and especially we had one, one place we lived and had a wonderful whole house and uh, where I learned that houses don't make you happy. And so mm -hmm. it has gotten easier for me to let go. And I've lived in some wonderful, beautiful houses. And we've now been in the last five years in an apartment. And that time all included 600 square feet living in France. Yes. Where you couldn't pick up the soap if you dropped it in the shower. 
because it was so tiny. Yeah. But we've learned that life is more than that, and I think COVID has taught us living together these last this last year that after all these years we're thankful that we're still so in love because we've loved those that time. Yep. And uh, so good. Yeah. So, but I and I'll just throw this in too when you talk talk about difficult times. It was difficult when he went into ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I We left a wonderful life in the airlines flying where we wanted to fly. And I mean, I got to shop in France and yep. fly to Texas for tacos and fly home. And and uh, he went into ministry and I was all for that. But but we faced an onslaught of, of uh, uh, arguments, <laughs> I guess to say the least. And uh, and then also in ministry it was a was the time in which our our thirty six year old daughter died suddenly and that took the wind out of our sails a little bit but a lot but God held us and I think two things I've always said of my husband that he has loved me as Christ loved the church he always has and and things in my life that I did if I were the man I might have divorced me <laughs> but. He didn't. He mm-hmm. he just loved me. And some of the things in our early life, we served God without really knowing Jesus personally. Yeah. And we definitely served without knowing about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so that that happened, a transformation happened about, well, we've been married about eight, 17 years, I guess. How long in Hawaii? Eight years, nine years. Ten years, maybe. When, when our lives to- totally changed and belonged from that time on to Christ, it made made then from then on a, a more power filled, uh, joy filled time yeah. in ministry. A lot richer. A yeah. lot richer. So those days uh, had, were, were, like I said, were a little difficult. They were difficult, but the Lord still entrusted us with ministry, in spite of our imperfections and in spite of my weaknesses and in spite of the times that I just flat wanted to quit. Yeah. But He wouldn't let me, and right. that's why I can say that he keeps those that he has called his own. And so we've lived in that that truth for for several years. Yeah. And uh, that's great. And he, he's been um, your anchor. He has been my anchor. So talk to me just a little bit about maybe serving out of a pure heart, but without that power of the Holy Spirit. There still has to be part of it that you're just, you're just doing. Did you notice that <clears throat> things fall flat? Or did you notice that it was more exhausting? What would be the difference that would, I mean, compare and contrast doing something through the power of the Holy Spirit or doing something because you're capable, because you guys are both capable people. Well, uh, you know, I've been blessed to have uh, a speaking gift, if you will. Yep, yep. And if you don't want to call it a gift, it was a speaking talent. Okay. But uh, whatever, I I was a speaker all of my young life, even in high school and college. And uh, and so when I started preaching, I started preaching when probably the first sermon I preached was in my teens. But uh, and then in the military, even in those in those days, in the military, I was uh, preaching and Sally was teaching and and we were involved in the ministry in the local churches where we were, and we didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Right. And and yet we loved God and we we loved the Bible and uh, the the big missing ingredient was that we hadn't come face to face with who Jesus is, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. you know we believed in Jesus obviously yep. but we didn't but we didn't know him. Yep. And so it was in um, our mid thirties, both of us, that we came in contact with the Holy Spirit. And the best way to describe that 
is to tell you that uh, what I was doing before was in black and white. Yeah. And what I was yeah. doing later was in living color. Yeah. You could hear the difference in his preaching. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> he's pe preached many of the same sermons, but it's, it's difficult to explain, I think. You could just tell the power. You could just tell. Well, she's my best judge, you know, and yep. she could tell, the, she can tell today, she can tell yeah. today when it's coming out of my flesh and when it's coming out of my spirit. Yep. And so would I preach. And so, yep. you know, I, obviously there have been times where I was in a hurry and I threw something together and got yep. up and talked and, you know, yep. yeah, it was okay, yep. but it wasn't anointed. Yep. And so there's a big difference in, uh, in, in doing that. Plus, uh, we have in the last 10 years been ministering in multiple churches because I've been doing interim work. Right. And so it's been incredible what the Holy Spirit has done through us in those short, brief periods of time. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. You know, I could see as a senior pastor in a long-term relationship with the church, 15, 20 years, yep. how you might be able to see growth uh, in yourself and in the church. But we've had to go in uh, and, and accomplish something in six or seven months, and that can only be done by the Holy Spirit. Right. The other thing is, when I get up to preach now, I just flat say to God, Lord, if you don't do this, it ain't going to happen. Right. You know, so it's got to be the Holy Spirit. And uh, because there are lots of times I feel extremely inadequate. Yep. And... Uh, and and I am <laughs> but on your own, on but my with own, him, yeah, on my own. Uh -huh. And yeah. now and now even this uh, circumstance where we're going to Spain and yeah. we're going to we're going to minister to British expats in Spain of all places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're in a different denominational group than we've been in. If the Holy Spirit doesn't do it, this isn't going right. to work. Right, right. <laughs> so, but doesn't it seem like just the master plan of God? that he will have you go in for the time you go in. I'm going to say that you guys are fire starters. You know what I mean? To start a fire or reignite something, and then he can pull you out whenever he decides. But if you hadn't been there, if you hadn't taken some of these things, then things would either lay dormant or die. Well, I think Ron has often addressed that from a military background, that he said that we've God has used us more like the, the Marines who go into a beach and have to clean it up Mm. And and I've often kind of gotten a little upset with God because I thought, well, I would like to enjoy the cleanup, <laughs> the, the 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 places that well, have been cleaned up and all tidy and all tidy, but then we've had to leave, and and that's 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 been a difficult part of ministry and in, in being able to go and make contact with wonderful people, and love them and spend time with them for six and seven months and then we're gone, but but it just seems to be how God has equipped us. And rather than dragging us down, it's kind of fueled us for more. And uh, I would redesign it a little differently if the Lord had asked. But thank goodness yeah. he didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if any of your listeners are, are concerned about um, what to do with the rest of their lives, yes. for example, uh, there's a book that, that basically changed my thinking, and that was uh, the book called Halftime mm -hmm. by Bob Buford. Mm -hmm. And one of the principles that Buford talks about in that book has been so true in my life, which is God doesn't use you in ministry differently than he used you in your pre-ministry life. Mm -hmm. uh, if he, if, and so when I look at my military and my, my aviation jobs, uh, I was always used in a way where I went in and short-term. Yep. 
we had so many assignments because they they would reassign me to some place that needed quick help. Yep. And I was good in quick help. Now I like to say I've only got one bag of tricks, and when I run out of tricks, it's time for me to go someplace else. <laughs> well, but but that is true, you yep. know. And so I can repeat those effective ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Now, having said all that, I don't think Sally likes that so much. I think Sally would rather, like she said, be able to stay in one place longer, have a home, stay there for. 20 or 30 mm-hmm, years, mm-hmm. which we don't have left. but uh, Maybe not, because I've never had that. So I don't even know you what that feels like. <laughs> you don't know what you're I longing for. You may be like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, is anybody, out longevity. anybody out there ever looking at somebody else's life thinking, that's what I want? Mm. And then you go, that's not what God's given me. And so I wouldn't trade it, because if I traded something that wasn't God's, no doubt it would fall and yeah. fail. So. Such a well, good we, point. we have just, at this point in our lives, just decided that, you know, we're just going to do what we hear God saying and telling us to do. Yep. And, and if that means move across the world, it's move across the world. Yep. Hopefully it's not to some place that doesn't have a good doctor, because at our age, we've <laughs> we, we got to be sure there's medical care. But <laughs> It's when we fall back on <laughs> When you uh, said good healing. doctor, I thought you said good doctrine. No oh. good doctor. <laughs> but no. a good doctor, good doctor would be yeah. important too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. So, that's good. So yeah. anyway. Well, yeah. I um, I think that God put you together, and the dynamic duo of who you are in the natural, but then who you are in the spirit realm. It's it's really He's doing a wise and wonderful thing when He sends you guys out. He really is, and I I hope we you know we joked the other day when we were at lunch about oh we're all going to come visit you in Spain, but. I looked at Michael like, I'm not kidding. I would really like to go do that. You know, I've been to Spain once, and it was with Brian, actually, and we all did a mission trip through Grace. But wonderful people. I think you are going to, I mean, I know you've been all over the world multiple times, different places, but I know that they're going to really, really grow under your leadership. And maybe some things are going to have to be uprooted or changed. I don't know, but I think the Spirit is going to majorly use you guys. And I think it's beyond Spain, like literally beyond Spain. God's... Nobody's off this earth until they're done, and God has, knows when that is. Well, and I think for, for my life personally, as we continue to do this, even into our, our twilight years, that I, and I mentioned this to the women or to the people in Spain when we talked to them, that, that for all of our travels and all of our moving, God has given me a heart for the lonely because I know what that feels like. Yep. And uh, to be able to minister through those times of loneliness has given me just a heart uh, for those people that are sitting out there thinking, I need a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. something that I'm looking forward to in Spain as well, because that, that generally is how God has used me. Yep. You, in the background, need... in his hospitality, yeah. which is not a spiritual gift. It is something we're commanded to do. Right. <laughs> but but to be infused with the Spirit with it, it, it gives it a different dimension. So, yeah, But you need to say a couple of words about your philosophy on hospitality, because yeah, sure. you are at the top of the mark in people that are hospitable. Um, so I think I'm not tracking with what. Well, what I'm saying is, you, talk talk about talk just a few minutes about how you love to have people over. Oh well, yeah, sure. Just for those who think that they can't do it, and yes, I, I have I have some friends that never would have done it, but they said watching me, she began trying it. Yeah, and that is that I've always said people would rather just be able to come into your home, and be given a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Not even that, even if you don't have that, a glass of water and sit down and say, "Tell me your story." Yeah, because everyone has a story. Everyone, and uh, that's just been what's propelled us, and that's what I have done. Sometimes I've been, I've done it in big, great, big groups. I'm, I don't mind big groups, but and other people are feeling a little bit like I never do that. 
don't do that. Right. <laughs> because we can also do it with, with two other people yep. and, and not have to do anything fancy. And believe me, we've done it. I, I had eight ladies in our little 600 square feet apartment in, in yep. uh, when we were in France. And we've done it in little bitty places. And so don't ever wait till you just have the perfect home. Yes, so Nobody's good. Nobody's waiting for that. Yep. And in this day and time, and I realize COVID has stopped all of that yep. for people. But when we're back to life, uh, that don't do it sitting in a vacuum. That Amen. people need one another and they need those Christ followers to to have them into their homes and just to love on them. And uh, so and Sally and doesn't worry. Sally doesn't worry about fancy dishes either nope. or don't fancy food. Them. Fancy yep. food. She she would just as she's got about oh I'd say. Ten, maybe less uh, dishes of, yep. of prepared, prepared dishes that yep. she likes to cook. And I don't have taste or smell, so that's not always hard for me to, or easy for me to cook. Right, right. But I know what to cook, and but I she, don't try but, to. I mean, she serves it. those year after year after year yep. to different people, and they they just enjoy the fellowship and enjoy yep. being there. I would agree. I, I think there's a yearning for connection, and God made it, mm-hmm. you know. And then he set he set a table, and they sat around food and. House churches grew because they were around food. They were around one another. They were around some sort of teaching, some sort of encouragement. It's the church, well, the body, a, right there. And there was a table in the tabernacle. Exactly. And so I exactly. think it goes back to yeah. the very beginning that God meant yeah. it, that we so can go around a table. And maybe you don't have a table. Maybe yeah. it's, we went to Maddie and Drake's and we sat around a sheet on the floor. Right. And that's okay. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good thing because people need to be freed yeah. to just yes. do it. Just do it. People yeah. are yearning just for that. Mm-hmm. I read an acronym once for chaos was can't have anyone over syndrome. And you think that the chaos in your life makes mm. you can't have anyone over syndrome right. because your house isn't clean. You don't have the right dishes. Mm. You don't have the food prepared. And it was, no, 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 no. Mm. Have them anyway because the chaos is the lie that's preventing you from just... I like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true, especially young moms or mm-hmm. I don't have it all together or what if my ch- children are awake or they're not taking a nap or what if I don't have the right food? I don't care. Be together. Mm-hmm. People really do. And I've had the reverse happen. I've prepared enough food or whatever. Like when we have Bible study, life groups rotate homes. Nobody wants anything. So I'm like, no, oh, I'm not having sugar. Oh, I'm yeah. not having carbs. Oh, I'm not having soda I'm, or whatever. So I'm like, they just wanted to be together, Rachel. Didn't matter if you put out a spread, you know. So kind of learn right. the hard way sometimes too. Yeah. And I would say this, let me, since you, you mentioned moms, yeah. uh, young moms and things. You know, it is surprising what you can do to have some people over to kind of calm the chaos that's not hard. Right. And that is, you've got closets. Just put stuff in the closet. I did go to somebody's house one time where literally we could not find a place to sit down. I don't recommend that. I mean, yep. I, she her heart was right. Right. But but uh, uh, it made it difficult. Yeah. And so just to clean simply, just yep. take a room that you put everything in and say, don't go in there. Right. <laughs> We're going to enjoy this. It's, it's not just, And that's not to say I'm pretending that my no. house is perfect. No. But you can, for a guest. Yeah. One of the chairs available. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. That you can do something as simple as that, that just says, good. here's a clean table and some paper plates and a napkin. Yep. So and, good. Uh, and, and, and you don't have to sit on the squeaky toy. Right. When, but, but if they sit on a squeaky toy, just say, oh, thanks. Forgot to put that one away. <laughs> That's so good. Well, That's so, so good. there's another dimension of hospitality that yeah. Sally is especially good at, and that's having people live with us. Yes, we've had we've had large houses in various places where we've lived. We don't anymore, but we had large houses there, and she's she's a collector of strays. Yes, and, uh, and so she uh, 
she sees people in need and she invites them in her home. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, that may be one person or it may be a group group of people. And I the 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 best example of how sometimes I wonder if she's gone overboard. Well, there are two examples. One one is one one, one you is you know what's coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one, one is somebody asked us to help these two girls who were helping plant a church, and so we said, sure, they can stay with us. And so they had one bedroom. Okay. Then her mother and dad came to town, and they had another bedroom. And then our daughter Melanie was there, and we had a French exchange student oh. sleeping in Melanie's room with Melanie. And we had uh, Sally got a call that uh, there was a need to uh, find housing for uh, six uh, Russian immigrants. Yeah. And they ended up in our basement. So at that time, wow. we had all of those people in our, in our in our house. Yep. And uh, and so that be, but and it would probably drive somebody else nuts. But Sally handled it like yep. it was no big deal, you yep. know. And so uh, she ministered there in that regard. And, and then, so just to add that, I hope you're, if you're listening to this, that you're hearing the use of two very different gifts. Yes. Ron is so totally out front speaking. Yep. I would die yep. rather than have to go in front of a microphone. Uh, but I, I, I love doing, but I go with him when he speaks and he endures me when I have all the people in. Yep. And so don't try to impose someone else's gift on yourself. Right. But, but do it. I do encourage people to, to use what God has given them. Exactly. I got to tell the other example. Though. Yeah. Tell the me. other, the other example, I came home, I was in the air force and I, I came home from, uh, for lunch. I don't know why. I didn't usually go home for lunch, but it, we were within walking distance. So I walked home for lunch. I was in uniform and I walked in the house and here was this guy standing in our living room and he was in uniform. Now, I don't I don't usually tell people to bring a man home to your house, but in this case, I did. Yeah. And so, and so uh, yeah, but, and that's why it struck me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I walked in and he went over very politely yeah. and spoke to me and shook hands and yeah so i go in the kitchen and she's fixing lunch i go in the kitchen and i said who is, who is that? this <laughs> and she said oh oh he's a christian brother she said i met him over at the hospital okay and she said he's here his family is in i don't know a couple of you know 100 miles away and he's here for the weekend staying in the hospital and, and i just thought he might like some friendship he's going to go to church with us sunday mm-hmm. and uh, so i invited him to stay in our spare bedroom this weekend and I said, where did you meet him? She said, oh, I was up on the fifth floor of the hospital. I said, Sally, the fifth floor is the psych ward. <laughs> <laughs> and so so we've got our three little, we have our, we have our three little girls, and, and Sally and I and the guy from the fifth floor <laughs> sleeping in one of our bedrooms. <laughs> I slept with one eye open all weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, but they... They had him so doped up. I don't think he was. Yeah. I don't think he was a problem. And he was a very nice guy. Yeah. But uh, but that anyway, that funny. was kind of pushing the limit on this hospitality thing. <laughs> That's good. Well, you know, I think I think your daughter Stephanie, you know, by virtue of you guys modeling things, she's like that too. She is. She you has know, become. I, that. I'm like, well, who's at your house? And you think, oh, she's going to have an empty nest, or now there's going to be an empty room. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen. There's just. Mm-hmm. Hannah stays, or some the uh, the kids come home, or even you guys have had interims and times maybe that's coming pushing up. The limit, you know, she's even had us. Yeah, yeah, she's had, no, because it's been modeled, and it's a really beautiful thing. You know, yeah. she carries her your DNA not just in who she is, but in those ways of being modeled. So it's awesome. All right, I could talk to you guys forever. Right. So we're going to have to do another one sometime coming up, if you would, and share different things because there's this deep well that I would have, but. 
Would either of you just like to pray for whoever's listening? And if I could pray for both of you, I would count it a privilege. Sure. sure. Is that good to wrap up? Are you good? Or do you have anything yeah. else burning in you that we definitely want to share? We covered a lot of stuff I didn't mean to cover. <laughs> That's good. That's the real deal. That just goes where it goes. I really appreciate it. Oh, okay. okay. Let's pray. Lord, you know who is uh, listening to these comments and the time that we've spent together today. I pray first of all, Lord, that you will just bless them richly with yeah. your with your spirit in their lives, Lord. I pray that they will that they will have a sense of uh, love and a sense of the love that Sally and I have for each yes. other and that we have for Rachel. Lord, we just uh, we are so grateful for the life you've let us live and are letting us live. We're not finished yet, Lord, and we're thankful for that. And so, God, we just ask you to bless all the listeners out there today. And if I could ask one thing in them, Lord, just build in them a love for your word, yes. build in them a love for your church. Yes. Let them see themselves as important in the kingdom of Christ. And this is our prayer for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. And just to close with the scripture that says that you can be confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on completion until mm. the day of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for what you're doing in the earth. I thank you for who you are, God, that you are the God that is high and lifted up, that you are wise and good and sovereign for us, never against us. And I praise you, God, for the way you sovereignly have put Ron and Sally in my life, Brian and Stephanie in my life, Lord, and the way that you encourage the body through each other and through your word, through your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing. So I just bless them. Can I touch you guys? Mm -hmm. I just bless them in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that your power would surge through them as they continue to go forward, Lord, that you would do a mighty work in and through them. I pray that the people in the sound of their voice, the people in the sight of their smile, the people that get to um, be in their space and in their home would be forever changed because of the Spirit of God encountering them. I pray that you'd bless this marriage. I pray that you'd bless their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God, you promised that you blessed to the thousandth generation those who love and serve you. So I thank you for that. We just claim that promise now. I pray for dreams and visions, encounters with you, God, and I thank you that they taught me uh, about the Holy Spirit and that they showed me an example of people who live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I pray they just keep in step with the Holy Spirit and that you'd bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you, Rachel. Painless, right? <laughs> You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.